0: Look, look. look I, get, I get that we live in a cashless society, and we don't need the money. I understand that. But you're telling me, the, the casino cost twelve million, and they had to double that, and they just gave it away.
1: To fictional characters.
0: To fictional characters. Because what are those
1: fictional characters going to do with that money?
0: No, they're stuck in an endless loop. Yeah. So I assume the money just disappears. All it did is get them out the door. They could have kept. They could have given away. Half of the bit that they won over the top and kept the rat, like cashed it in for, like, cashed it in for like gold, like. And I
1: know that, I know that, I know that Starfleet does give us like a bit of a like some cash, like we we get like a weekly allowance to go and blow at quarks, right? But yeah, it's never enough. <laughs> so, <No>. and, <laughs> frankly, the fact that um Riker just had all that cash and then just gave it away. I don't know, man. What's the opposite of the French Revolution? (laughs) Because I feel like we should. Someone should ask the captain. Because I feel like we should be getting on that.
0: This is the this is the thing here. This is the problem. Is is who was with him? Right? Data doesn't care, and Worf. I don't know how honourable money is. Right? But like, all I'm saying is, look, Riker's Riker's a goody two shoes. He's going to do that sort of thing, but. Maybe if Geordie had been there, or I don't know, this this entire ship's gone to shit since Crusher left. That's all I'm saying. I agree. She would have, she would have walked out there with the money, and we'd have a gold-plated sickbay. Podcasts. <laughs> a frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Captain Slug, its ongoing mission to explore strange new episodes, to seek out new jokes and new references, to split infinitives that no one has split before. Captain Slog, Stardate 37. Uh, In a row? Yeah, in a row. (laughs) 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 These are the continued voyages of the podcast Captain Slog. we go through all of Star Trek. Uh, I'm Eddie Edwards. I'm joined, as always, by uh, my colleague and friend, Mr. Mark Bench. Mark, uh, how's it going? It's good. I've got a new
1: name. Uh, I I used to be Mark O'Neill. I mean, I still am. In like a like a legal sense, but I decided Government to uh, to adopt a stage name, just because. Oh, okay. You know, I don't like the world. Like, I'm still going to continue on with this career, like, as the Nazis take back over, right? <laughs> as, oh. And and I and I feel like I want to be slightly less identifiable. So I adopted a stage name that's just my real first name, and an obviously comedy surname. And uh, I hope, hopefully enough, hopefully enough of whatever horrific far-right uh, militia take over, or are voted in by the fucking sponge-brained morons uh, that make up the voting minority in this country. Uh, are so distracted by the fact that they're like, oh, that's clever. Because if he was in hospital, and you know the way the names would go backwards, his name would be Benchmark, which is a uh, word well, um, that they'd be like, yeah, no, he can, he can stay.
0: I, I nearly did that on my Edinburgh posters. I was like, oh, because I'm trying to go for like the medical brain scan thing. I nearly put Edwards, comma Eddie, and then I thought about the intelligence of the average person. Yeah. And decided to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I plan to carry on making fun of the Nazis as they rise to power uh, this time. Uh, yeah. I don't. It's not going to. It's not going to do much good for my career. But like in 50 years' time, I'll be an interesting person who gets shared on like other people's whatever the equivalent of a Facebook feed is. Oh, this is Eddie Edwards. Apparently his last words was to call a Nazi a prick. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'd, I'd like to make a would come up with something clever, but it's probably... <laughs> I had a good old shout
1: at, uh, at an anti-vax uh, procession yesterday. Because uh, they, were, they, were, they were doing it through town, and obviously their signs at the front were like, freedom now, end lockdown, to which I just kind of caught one of their eyes and just Gestured to around <laughs> me, um, and then one and then one of them had, and then one they had of to one a had to spell check fucking, it six
0: times. What's that? They had to spell check it six times. <laughs> they can't go right another one. It's gonna take a months. Well,
1: one of them, one of them had a sign that that like was, I guess, I mean, you, I can't. It's difficult to, uh, you know, put the quotation marks around the word science uh, in, in an audio <laughs> format, right? But the quote-unquote science of vaccine injuries or whatever the fuck these people are annoyed about um and it it was just like a full essay like and it it was like size 12 calibre so i i caught his eye and i shouted at him how the fuck am i meant to read that um and then he kind of take it back and and then i shouted "If if you're gonna talk shit, at least be fucking concise before yeah. Laura was like, "No, come on, we have to go," and she dragged me away. <laughs> to which, and then, and a, a mother and daughter that were following us. The mother turned into the, the daughter turned into the mother. Went, oh, sorry, what was he? What did that sign say? And I was like, exactly.
0: <laughs> you should have asked if you could borrow it to read it, and then when he gave it to you, run off with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, can I have this? Because I'm running out of toilet paper. I don't care if it's laminated.
0: I'll oh, i i i i used to um i used to know a very devout uh, catholic girl mm. uh who um also got into the anti vax thing like this was pre covid this was back just on the side. So, oh it causes autism which um one it doesn't and two that shouldn't be preferable to death uh to death. <laughs> yeah um i'm thinking about going to
1: get myself checked
0: so she <laughs> genuinely <laughs> I'm 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 constantly annoyed that every time I take like an online do you have autism or do you have ADHD test, it comes back completely negative because I'm like, are you are you certain? <laughs> like, yeah. There's got to be there's got to be a reason why I cannot remember the de- details of the lives of my close friends, but I can remember clearly Simpsons episodes I saw 25 years ago.
1: Yeah, but- <laughs> fucking Plain Boy on his podcast recently got diagnosed with autism, and so he'd done an episode that was just here's. How I feel about being diagnosed with autism, and he told you, he told us all the mm-hmm. like the, whatever the the, the symptoms of that, and I was like, this is like listening to my own brain talk to itself in a London <laughs> accent. <laughs> like, are these are these things not normal? Like, is 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 it, is it <laughs> weird that I just have no consideration or think about people when they're not actively in my life, <laughs> and and the fact that I don't really have any, like. I don't have any. Sa- I mean, we've we've gotten into this topic on this podcast quite often, but I I, yeah. I don't have any regrets about that. Like, it doesn't feel weird or <laughs> to me. So anyway, no. um continue.
0: But uh, uh, yeah, so they put up um they they regularly put they put up this video uh, that was proof that vaccines were bad, and it was an interview with Andrew Wakefield, yeah. and I was just like, oh, so Andrew Wakefield, the man who was struck off. For uh, from being a a doctor in the UK because he was unethically treating autistic children fucking terribly during like experiments, Um, and they were like, oh, and then the the argument went on for like three or four pages uh, until eventually she said, "I'm a person of faith. I don't need evidence to believe something." To which I responded, "Then why did you post that video as evidence that you were right?" (laughs) and that's when she unfriended me (laughs) it's like i hate that it's like oh if ever you're one of those people here's the deal what that means is if definitive evidence ever comes out that you are right you aren't allowed to use that in your arguments (laughs) yeah to be like well actually i don't believe in evidence so uh uh, no yeah if god if jesus turns up tomorrow you don't get to point at him and go that proves it <laughs> I get to point it and go. Well, now there's no evidence. I will change my opinion because that's always been where my stance was. You fucking moron! How fucking uh, <laughs> smug
1: are like religious people going to be if Jesus comes back and it and it turns out they were right all along?
0: Right. Here's the thing: they will be smug as fuck for about a day, like because you get like Jesus is back. Yeah, that, that'll be like tw- Jesus understands the 24-hour news cycle. He's going to return. And then he's going to wait 24 hours and do a press conference, let everybody know, right? But then that press conference will ruin their lives when he gets up on stage <laughs> and goes, first off, we don't care if you're gay. Second of all, just an interesting point you might want to know, we don't put the soul in the babies until they come out of you. Yeah, uh, Before that, they don't count. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, uh, here. There's, a, there's a really
1: good Russell T. Davis show called The Second Coming,
0: Oh it's brilliant
1: brilliant absolutely brilliant but there's a, there's a yeah. thing that really sticks with me and it's a fantastic show right if you haven't seen it watch it's it
0: Christopher Eccleston as is the second coming of Jesus isn't it yep. it's Eccleston yeah it's so good uh, and, and he comes back in modern day manchester which if a, if ever a place needed
1: Jesus um <laughs> but uh, he he gives it a, a, like, he he does like a big speech and he's like right here's the deal um it basically no one ever gets to heaven 'Cause you're all such cunts. Every one of <laughs> you. And hell is like overflowing. And we've decided that you know there's there's basically no point in continuing this experiment anymore. So from now on everyone who dies will just cease to exist. <laughs> Cause that, that that'd be it. That, that that would that would be that would be the cherry on the icing on that very, very sweet cake Um, (laughs) because all the people who were given it oh look at you you must such egg on your face mark for not being a believer in Christ and now he's back and you're going to pay the price and I get to turn in and go well fuck you because exactly the (laughs) thing that I thought was going to happen anyway has now been confirmed
0: (laughs) (laughs) and in addition to that everybody you've ever told me was the right sort of person has apparently been tortured in hell forever and I'm so glad to know that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I hope the
1: last. I hope the last guy before before they switch off the like the switch. That I hope the last guy that goes there is Jacob Rees-Mogg.
0: <sighs> um, I hope it's not something because here's the thing. If I found out that was happening when I'm like chatting to Peter at the gates, I'd vamp just. Just keep going. Just see how long I can spin it out. When's the switch being thrown? Yeah, imagine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine being the last, the last guy. Yeah. Like, or do, you, or do you, do you think it would be like a, like a, you, you know, like in cartoons? And I, don't know if that's ever really happened in real life. But you know, in cartoons, when like Doug would walk into like an electronics store, and then a banner would fall down, and it'd be like, "Congratulations, you're the ten thousandth people person to come through this store. Here's, yeah. here's a Super Nintendo." And then he gets addicted to Super Nintendo and starts negating all this. This is a real episode of Doug that happens. Neglecting all of his friends, and then he decides, oh, maybe I should give up this Super Nintendo that I got for free. Um, Like, the last person that goes to hell, do you think Satan's just like, well, give this guy, like, a nice room. Like,
0: congratulations. (laughs) You've you've really lucked out on that one. This is basically winning the big old lottery. I would, I would argue that if you're going to go right, okay, once you die now you just cease to exist. I'd, I'd be like, well, can you just, like, if that's the plan, Jesus, could you like maybe do that for everyone who's currently in hell? Because if, if you're saying everyone's in hell, I feel that you're being a bit rough on Anne Frank. Uh... <laughs> ah, but then imagine
1: if his comeback would be, yeah, but you do that. Who powers the furnaces that <laughs> the heat that heat the pools in heaven for me and uh, and Holy Mary?
0: and and the disciples and that's it
1: (laughs) well only funnily enough only most of the disciples
0: well not funnily enough there's one I can definitely understand why he's not getting in do you know what Judas
1: Judas is there Judas uh, Judas has got see here's the thing right Judas got to heaven but they were like right we have to show an example so you're in heaven because technically your part in the story was like absolutely necessary otherwise the whole thing would have gone to shit right so we've decided to let you into heaven, but you're the janitor. <laughs> so he he gets which I'm not shitting on being a janitor, right? Being a janitor, I imagine is probably quite a fulfilling job. Um yeah. And uh, you do well, and and I'm sure you're beloved by by all the pupils and all that to, to the to the to the one custodian that's that's listening to this podcast. <laughs> I we I, ge- I genuinely salute you. Like like your job is 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 so much more necessary than 95 percent of the jobs out there. Um, but still, he, if you're the janitor in heaven, you're gonna be fucking. You're not gonna be pleased about that, right? And and I bet yeah. and I bet he has to. Right, here's what it is. Right, they were like, right, um, you are in heaven, right, but you have to share an apartment with like the least good guy that we ever let in here. <laughs> <laughs> and and, all, and you and you never get invited to parties. The only way... You could, yeah. Obviously, heaven, you still have to go to some parties. The only way you get to go to a party is if someone else accidentally slips up about there being a party that you're not invited to. And you get to invite yourself. No one will enjoy yeah. it. And, yeah. and to be honest, you'll just make things more awkward. So...
0: In that situation, I would uh, probably... Um, like, if I was Judas in that situation, my sister, I'd just be like, can you just tell me when the parties are happening? So that I can go to the pool while you're all not there, uh. and,
1: then, and then God's like, "Ah, oh, you found a loophole. right? Okay, you can do that, but we're, <laughs> but we're turning off the heating in the pool, <laughs> and 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 it's going to be mildly overcast, so you can swim, but it will be cold, uh, and it, and it might rain, <laughs> and then the other the, the other, uh...
0: but speaking of nightmarish, horrifying afterlife, Mark. This episode of Star Trek <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what I was thinking I was saying that to Laura while we were watching it So uh, right, Basically the plot of this episode Is that um, Riker, Data and Worf Go to a casino Now I was saying to Laura That <laughs> um, I quite like casinos I Like I yes. I, I know that they're designed to like disorientate you so that you don't know what time it is outside and you can't see the sunlight. These are all things and, and they serve you booze and they're gambling. <laughs> These are all things that I really enjoy. So like yeah. if there was an afterlife and that afterlife was look, I'm I'm not I'm an I'm a, I'm as a guy, I'm fine. Right? Objectively, <laughs> I'm alright. Like I'm I would they say I'm the best guy. I'm not the worst guy, right? I'm somewhere between um between, between John Cena and uh, Hitler, right on that <laughs> on that spectrum, I exist. <laughs> Outwit I... really either of the extremes, right? I'm, I'm okay. I, I've got negative traits. Sometimes very social negative traits. Uh, I'm not. I'd say, look, this is what I, I feel like. I'm talking to a priest. I feel like I'm having material, mm. right? I feel like I've done enough good. <laughs> To outweigh yeah. the the kind of bad things that I've done,
0: you,
1: um, but you know, I imagine my heaven. I imagine my heaven. Like I, would be getting like the Judas heaven, right? So my yeah. heaven casino would be one where it's like you you die and there's a casino, but the buffet isn't that good. And <laughs> also, yeah. it, it's a, it's the it's the day before Chinese New Year, so like it's. Really crammed full, and it's difficult to get a seat at the table. Um, I, and also, oh, I don't know, because because would it be worse if I? Because I was going to say, and maybe I win about fifty percent of the time, but would it be worse if I won all the time? Because that's be that's,
0: really I boring. think that's a twilight. I think that's a twilight zone episode. Yeah, uh, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I'm with you. Like, my personal heaven isn't going to be Seasons Palace. It's going to be that. Is it the Lucky Nugget, the one that's like immediately when you hit the Nevada border from LA? Because I don't know if you've ever driven into Vegas from I to the Groff
1: Casino on Sucky Hall Street in Glasgow, uh, where if, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm actually banned from there because I was rude to the manager. That, see, right, and, you, this you, is, and this is why I'm not getting into proper heaven. Some, because because every now and again, if, look, I'll, I'll, this is confession, right? Every now and again, if I've had enough drinks in me and I'm feeling bold, I will be a dickhead to customer service people. Now, it's not often, <laughs> right? It's, it's, it, and I, and I hate it and I, and I regret it every time, but I, but I, I can distinctly remember times when I've said things to people that I'm like, ah, they're just doing their job. That was uncalled for, Mark. You thought you were being funny there, but you're really just being a cop.
0: I've, I've worked retail long enough that my, uh, my like le- general level of like, don't give people in the shops shit yeah. is quite high, but that is equally then justified, balanced out with, even when I was... Because I, I didn't care about those jobs. I was very much calling it in. So if somebody fails to meet what I would consider the minimum fucking standard of, like, where I was... Yeah. <laughs> at that point, I'm like, no, no, you're being a prick, mate. Uh... Yeah, yeah, okay, but, like, fair enough. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, anyway... This, so, so I did a bit of research about this episode because I was curious... Mm. And so the, the the plot is they find a bit of a NASA spaceship and then there's a building on a planet that shouldn't be there. And they beam down and it's a fucking uh, hotel that's... Well, I say it's it's a hotel. It's called the Hotel Royale. All we ever see of it is like the gambling floor. Uh, and then they go up an elevator and then there's one floor of rooms. Yeah. So it's like a casino in New Vegas. But... Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and um, it turns out that it's like there's been uh, there's an astronaut who died there like 200 years ago, and it's a shitty book that some aliens like found. Aliens accidentally dragged him halfway across the galaxy and killed his crew, and then to make it up for him, they were like, "Oh, this book must represent what their like ideal in uh, environment is." So we'll build that hotel down on a planet and put him in it for the rest of his life.
1: Which is a bit bizarre, right? Because because yeah. he. He, he writes a diary about this he's like oh they've, they've popped me into this hotel from this terrible terrible novel and yeah. th- this is an eternity of, of hell like I, I wish I would just die it's like well can't you just talk to the aliens manager and be like look I appreciate what you did right? I do it's, <laughs> it's nice but how I- did you keep the receipt. Like, can I instead request for something else?
0: I like the idea that, like, as far as the aliens, like, they left it, like, this is the equivalent of being in a jar in the garage. <laughs> and then they're going to come back sometime later and be like, oh, he died. Yeah. I forgot about him. Ah, oh, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's, it's a... It, so, apparently, the original concept for this was pretty Twilight Zone, which was that um, it was about an astronaut who'd been trapped in his most pleasant memory on a loop. Um, uh, By the aliens um, Not realising that of course Whilst that is good at first It is A nightmarish hellscape Once you get to like go around 38 (laughs) (laughs) Like once Yeah but uh, Yeah This is a weird episode because I like this episode In general but in the specifics It annoys the shit out of me Because it's the very, it's that intersection of things I very much enjoy, which is Star Trek, gambling, and like dice odds. Yeah. Because I play D anD D, and there's a lot they get very wrong.
1: There's something that really bums me out about because I'm in the same boat. I'm <laughs> like, I, I quite like this. Like, if I was, if I was just watching the horror channel, and this episode came on at three in the morning, and I was a bit high, this is one that I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch that again. That that, that episode was alright. Yeah. There was a lot. You get a lot of fun data stuff in this episode. Brent Spiner's clearly having a blast. Um, But there's one thing that really, really, really bugs me. Um, And it's kind of Laura who pointed it out to me, because I guess my brain hadn't really registered with it, but as soon as she brought it up, it was all that I could think about. So there's a, a device, basically a plot device, where they come into the hotel through a revolving door, and they can't get out if they go through yeah. the revolving door all they do is come back the other side
0: right and, and i want to very specifically bring up something about the fact that when that we see that happen which is um they don't do a little cut so they come out instantly yes that's exactly they, they, my they, problem <laughs> um, they, <laughs> they clearly I, I have just here, done a full rotation of the door they've saved <laughs>
1: themselves a lot of special effects budget with or visual effects budget with this revolving door though it would have taken very little effort to make it slightly more impressive. It would have taken, yeah. literally, just right. The, what you would have to do is have it is you would have to have the door on a motor so that it kept a consistent speed. Put the three yeah. of them round, and then as soon as Wharf disappeared, data That's reappeared.
0: When, yeah,
1: and it so that it would look like it had cut one out, like because there's four quadrants, three of them yeah. obviously go in. So if it looks like it cuts out one quadrant, that would be it, it. would be it would be enough of a little quirk of speed to make you go, "Oh, something happened." there. I'm not quite sure what it was, but it, but a, a, an interesting thing happened.
0: Yeah, but as it is, they clearly just do a full rotation of the door and come back in. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's it's little. That's the thing about this. This episode fails in its little moments. Like there's a bit where Data's they sat at the blackjack table. And the woman there has got a, has got a, a king and a two, mm-hmm. so that's a that's a twelve. And he says that the logical thing is to stand pat. And he go, well, but the 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 probabilities in blackjack is that you're you've got fifty percent chance, so just over a, just under a fifty percent chance of getting below a five, and just over of getting above. Well, it depends. So what the that, has. yeah, but it, yeah, it basically works out that it's. My view on Blackjack has always been that the house stays on, sticks on uh, 17. So I stick on 18 or 16, depending on my mood. And that's just, that's because that's how you get a little bit of advantage. But yeah, um, and it's done done okay for me. I don't know if there's any actual logic to that. But yeah, basically my problem is data gets the fucking probabilities wrong. You shouldn't stay on a 12. The chances of you going bust are low as, I think it's like a 12 or a 13. No, yeah, she should fucking hit. If I if uh, I
1: recall correctly, you should never hit on a fifteen and a yeah fourteen or a thirteen or a twelve you should hit depending on what the dealer has.
0: Yeah. Um and but then it's also at the craps table later on, there's a bit where Riker says, Oh, the chances of it because like, they explained that like a a seven, the the house wins. Like you that's the pass line. And Riker's like, but there's the chances of that coming up are the same as anything else. And uh, data's like, well, yeah, and that's why it's gambling is, but that they're, they're not. Yeah, um, it, it's in there are thirty six different possible combinations from two d six. Yeah, um, and a seven is six of them, because <laughs> <laughs> whereas a six and a, a six and an eight are five each. That's oh. yeah, because well, if you think about it, it's pretty like well, so example. Yeah, yeah, and it's the thing of like you can only. It makes sense when you think about it. Look, like there's only one way a two can come up, yeah. which is both dice are a one.
1: Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, okay.
0: But yeah, but a seven. Any number on one of the dice has a corresponding number on the other dice that makes a seven, because it's six and one, or five and two, or four and three. Yeah, and then yeah. Because they don't but, they don't um, really
1: explain craps very well. Um, no, because if, if I the I I learned to play craps when I was in. An amateur dramatics production of Guys and Dolls, um, in which I played the <laughs> character of Big Julie, who has uh, has a bit of exposition where he explains how craps worked.
0: All right, okay. I can't
1: really remember it. I think it's, I think the idea is, as the shooter, you roll the dice and whatever. I think they do say this in the show. You roll the dice and whatever number you get, you have to hit that number again, with before you hit an eleven or a seven.
0: I think that's the tradition. The one that I've encountered in most casinos in in Vegas when I was out there is um, on a seven, the house wins. Um, But you can bet on anything else and you just keep rolling until a seven comes up. But here's the thing. You can bet on seven. And when I was last... The first time I went to Vegas, I was there for a mate's wedding and my mate, uh, Canadian Ed, who's a guy called Ed I know, who lived in Canada for a bit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, He... um, He looked at the crouch table and very very cleverly was of the opinion well if the house wins on a seven that must mean that, that that's the best odds that of winning because yeah. that's why the house have given themselves that number so I'm going to bet on seven and then what that means is every time everybody at the table lost all of their money he was in the corner going woohoo <laughs> house wins <laughs> I I don't think I've ever come closer to seeing a man get shot <laughs>
1: But there's, there's, there's also um, there's also another element to it uh, where and I, I can't I don't, I don't know if they if they address this in the show I think they maybe imply this a little bit but data could roll a pair of dice a thousand times and have it be the same result yeah because there's no minute differences in the way that he would shake the dice like there's there's no yeah. he would be able to replicate that exactly every single time. Um, yeah. so he would always be able to get sex. I, I, I mean, I guess that's how they... Cause they so they, the the end of the show, basically, is... Um, the They find out that at the end of the novel, the casino is... They, they can't figure out how to leave the casino.
0: Yeah, so the they, only person who's been able to leave is a character called Mickey D, who's come in and left, and that's because it's in the book.
1: Yeah, and it's also because so, his yeah. story has ended. So they figure yeah. out that the only other characters in the story who get an ending are the foreign investors who buy the casino. So they have to yeah. make enough money gambling to then buy the casino. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which uh, is yeah, I, I do genuinely think that Picard having to read the entire book might be the biggest sacrifice he's ever made for his crew. Oh, he looks uh, so pissed off about it. It literally. I love that it literally starts. It was a dark and stormy night, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he reads that, and Troy's just like, I'm going to leave. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really like that because um, they they find the book in the in the the drawer of the of the hotel room with the mummified yeah. astronaut, and uh, Riker gives the book to Data and says, summarize. So Data <laughs> then reads the whole book and tells them the plot. I think it would have been funnier if they'd given the book to Data it said summarize, and then Data went, it's all right.
0: <laughs> I, I've got to say one thing that um, did slightly annoy me about this is the, the astronaut's name is S. Ritchie yeah. and when they got his like astronaut costume out of the um, uh, thing, out of the wardrobe it was absolutely filthy yeah. whereas it should have been dazzling white because as we all know Shane Ritchie was in charge of the Daz Doorstep Challenge for quite a while <laughs> so hopefully what he should have been able him. to clean up his... What a, what
1: a <laughs> shitty, terrible, deep cut of a reference <laughs> okay, if, you, if you understood that
0: reference, please let us know. Yeah, I I basically I saw S Ritchie, my main brain immediately went Shane Ritchie and then they pulled that out and I was like, oh, that's a clear that up and then I went, and, and then I, and then I had enough confidence in that as a reference to Joe that I wrote it down and said, must bring up yeah. <laughs> um... Oh, so this episode's got one of my favorite Wharf moments in all of Star Trek. Um, when they're looking at the astronaut's body, yeah. and he's been de- they say he's been dead for like 200 years, but the body's well preserved because it's quite a sterile environment. And um, uh, de- uh, Riker says it looks like he died in his sleep, and Worf's response is, terrible way to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: he also, they, so they, they pull his, his space suit out of the, excuse me, out of the cover. And they realize yeah. that the uh, American flag has fifty two stars on it, yes, it does, and uh, what do you reckon the other two states are
0: ah see I already this is one of these things uh i i 've given that they actually give what dates that means that the flag's from because yeah. they they say and it 's like twenty thirty three so my theory would be uh Puerto Rico yeah. is currently um trying to get statehood, and so is washington d c That's what because they yeah, <laughs> it's it's weird that that's one of the few things they probably got right. But also, there's another thing in this that they got right, but they got wrong. Because this starts with um, Picard trying to solve Firmat's last theorem. Yeah. And he's like, oh, nobody's been able to solve it, which was true at the time of broadcast. But um... in 1995, Fermat's last theorem was solved, which is whilst TNG was still on the air. And I, I looked it up, and apparently um this is addressed in deep space Nine. Oh wow with, that's fun be, uh, because the um so the proof of this is like uh I, okay first of all and I, Mark, you'd love this and i recommend this to anyone listening on bbc iplayer there is an episode of horizon called fear Matt's last theorem and it's about the guy who solved it and it's amazing so he was like a mathematician and, like, he got tenure at his, like, university. And it's like, you're expected to publish some research every couple of years. But it's not... It's one of those things where it's expected, but it's not, like, specifically in your job description. So you can't get in trouble for not doing it. And um, he didn't release anything for, like, 15 years. And all he was doing was he'd be sat at home. He'd, like, do his, like, morning, like, classes and everything. Then he'd come back to, the, to his house, and sit in his office for four hours, four or five hours a day, trying to crack fear, Matt's last Theorem, And his... His proof of it involves like really complicated maths that had only been invented in the last like, 10, 20 years. So the thing I think they redress in Deep Space Nine is they go, the thing people are trying to do is work out what Fearmat's actual proof was. Um, I... But but watch that episode of Horizon. It's fucking incredible. See,
1: I'm into that, right? Because I, I have basically no interest in mathematics, right? I I, I actually... <clears throat> I, I talked earlier about like wanting to go and get the old the old autism check right and a a part of that is my complete fucking like my brains complete disregard for maths and arithmetic like you you cannot there there is nothing that you could do that would make maths in its own sense interesting for me like literally nothing right they tried everything I I can't do maths I I don't know I have fairly middling dyscalculia, right? So I can like, I can tell the time, but I can't. If you were like, what is what is any any double number times or divided by any other two digit number, I'm not even going to bother because um, my brain will just be like, well, fuck, we can't do that. That's that's crazy <laughs> talk. Um, but. So that's why I love it when films tried to try to go out the way to try and make it interesting but actual stories about how maps yeah. work I find fascinating like I remember I watched a video on youtube that was about uh so the, the concept of zero like didn't exist until much later than we thought that it did right yeah and they explain it at the start of the video I'm like but zero is just the concept of nothing and I understand that concept so why does it not go in maths and then they try to be like well because maths is this and maths is that blah 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 but then they were like here's the dude who discovered I presume a dude here's the person who discovered yeah. that zero doesn't exist and that zero should be in maths here's their story here's how they got there here's the things that they did and what they were doing at the time at the end of it I was like I understand that now I get that because I can put yeah. a story to it. So the idea of, like, it's this thing about fucking theorems and proofs, and, like, here's a proof that's never been proved, proven, so I'm going to go off on holiday, and, like, rather than read a book, like, this is something, I don't know if my dad has ever done this, but this is something that my dad would be interested in. Like, going off to Spain for the week, and while my mom is, like, out there, sorry, I've got an Irish girlfriend, I keep saying mom, Um, while my mum is is like hanging out in the sunbeds or something I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the sunbeds with like a theorem in front of him like solving it but I don't understand what that means (laughs) like how is it not solved (laughs) like is it it just is it just justification is it just they because I think Laura tried to explain this to me she was like it basically means that 1 plus 1 equals 3 and what they have to do is figure out why that guy thought that
0: yeah, so the the one with theorem's last theorem is is it's this. It was basically a little note in the margin of some stuff he was writing, right. and it's like uh, a squared plus b squared equals c squared or something like that. And then he puts in and he goes and then he puts in but a cubed or a to like a if it's like any other number. So it's like it's like instead of the power two, it's three, four, five. If you put that change that to any other number, that doesn't work. It will never work. And it can't possibly work, and then he went. Oh, I've got an ingenious little proof of this, and then nobody's got the bit of paper that like proves that. <laughs> but because he's saying something's not possible, and numbers are infinite, yeah. you can't just you can't check just every check every number. Yeah, so that's why the the problem is. So you need something like a mathematical series of rules that go, oh, because this isn't true, this isn't true, this isn't true. But yeah, it's one of those things. Like I, I, okay. I got I. I got I, the reason I know about this is because I've watched the Horizon thing a few times, and I watched it because there was a video. Um, it was back when um, it was like it was about like fifty years of Horizon on the BBC, and they let various science like and maths people from the BBC's like educational wings choose an episode of Horizon, and um, the guy who chose this one was like a uh, he used to be a science te- uh, math teacher, yeah. and every year he said, right. He'd give like his school like a choice of like four episodes of Horizon that they could watch and he goes, The deals are you can watch one about like Jupiter, like uh, about dark matter and like black holes, like really interesting stuff. He goes, or you can watch this one about a mathematical theorem. But before you choose, I want you to watch the first two or three minutes of the maths one. And the That's first cool. two and three minutes is, is the guy sat there explaining and he goes, quite simply, it is the single greatest achievement of my life and like like he just talks about how much of his life he devoted to solving this and it's like he's been obsessed with solving it since he found out about it when he was like nine right. <laughs> and he starts to cry like in the interview Wow! and then he turns it off and, and he goes and every single time the kids would be like no we want to watch the rest of that I want to find out what's going on with that dude <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs>
0: But, yeah, no, it's like the, the, the thing's great because like he, there's, they're talking to like other mathematicians who like worked with him yeah. about like what was going on. He's like, so what? What did you think he was working on? And one of them just goes, Well you? you don't want to ask, do you? <laughs> what if? What, what if he's? What if he's got nothing? What if it's all dried up? It's like I don't want to kick a man while he's down, and that's just what I assumed. Like he had no no new ideas. <laughs> <laughs> And then one day he just got, comes into his office, drops something down on his, like, thing, and he's like, oh, no, this is interesting, because he didn't tell him what it was. Yeah. And he's going through it, goes, oh, no, yeah, this works, yeah, this makes sense. And he's getting, like, down to the last page, like, the last couple of pages, and he just looks up and goes, have you solved fear Matt's last theorem?" <laughs> and he just goes, yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, absolute, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, but that's I, I love the, but I like the fact that the one thing they got accurate in this episode, did completely right, yeah. wasn't right by the time Star Trek: the Next Generation went off the yeah. air. Uh, I like
1: that Picard like asks, like goes to his iPad, and he says, oh, <laughs> or, "I mean, get me, get me fucking Hotel Royale by, by whatever the author's name is." Um, and I was just like, "Oh, that's you fucked your algerabums there, Picard." <laughs> 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 That's all you're going to get recommended from now on, mate. <laughs> just terrible novels.
0: <laughs> you say that, it, seem, it is terrible. I'm going to give you that, but it's not f- too far away from his Dixon Wright bullshit, is it? Uh, it's like, like yeah, gangsters in the casino. Dixon cas- Deanbridge? D- no, that's... not. Dixon, Dixon, H- Dixon Hill. That, Dixon,
1: Dixon Hill, yeah. That's Dixon Deanbridge yeah. is a mighty Bush character. Um
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. It's just better written, isn't it? Like, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> O'Brien Watch. Um, I want to do a real big shout out to um, my O'Brien had his best line that he's had so far uh, when he was asked about beaming them back out of the casino he said I'm dealing with a very narrow access point <laughs> <laughs> which I you just know that that was him being professional because he wanted to say it's tighter than a gnats chaff but...
1: <laughs> oh I don't know about that captain That's it's tighter than a gnats cunt <laughs> 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 um, uh, have they? So this season, I don't know if it's down to the individual directors, and uh, I said this to Laura, and she seems quite. She she didn't like this question, uh, and she's not going to like it when I ask it again. Uh, but why have they upped the background bridge babe budget? <laughs> like why? Are the, and I, I, there, there are some episodes of this where the background bridge characters because obviously the main character also the as soon as, as soon as the episode started and we saw Jordi i was like what are you doing here get back to engineering <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, all the all the ensigns uh the uh, ensign parents uh, who were up on the bridge to make up for riker uh and uh, and dwarf and data uh, were just absolute um fitties <laughs> No, i don't know I, is that is that my privilege uh, noticing uh, that, because because I uh, Laura and I ended up after that question when she probably set me quite straight about it. Um, uh, we talked about the the number of women on Pike's Bridge on Strange New Worlds, and oh yes, and she brought up quite an interesting point because she was like, well, I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of women wanting to be on that bridge because obviously look at him. <laughs> <laughs> but then they're going to find out that he treats them very well, not only as crew members and women, but as people. Which in yeah. turn they're going to tell to all their women Starfleet friends, who then are also going to want to be on that bridge.
0: Yeah, I can, I can, yeah, I can, I can see that making sense. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really work for like Ortega, who's definitely a lesbian. Uh, but, <laughs> um, and and Lan, who doesn't experience human emotions, uh, <laughs> God, I love Strange New Worlds so much. So good. Like it's got to be that like Pike, who don't, who's just above like sexually harassing people, and then, and who's the only other bloke on the bridge, Spock. He's not only he's not only a he's not only a fucking Vulcan. He's engaged. You've got no. He's fine. Yeah, you're golden. You're more like... If you're a woman on board that Enterprise, the person who's most likely to sexual harass you is Nurse Chapel. (laughs) (laughs) And and I... I, Nurse Chapel as, like, just a bisexual disaster happening in the corner is my favourite thing about Strange (laughs) New (laughs) Worlds. Yep.
1: Um, Um, What would be... Oh, hold on. Laura...
0: Hold oh, no, on, give, give, give us a second. Okay. Hello? Mark's just left the room now. I don't know if we'll keep this audio in. But if we do, I can see into Mark's spare room. There's uh, a green screen. There's some soundproofing. Uh, uh, I think what's an exercise bike? Oh, he's back. Sorry, uh, I think there's a I- there. ghost. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, I just, heard, uh, I just
1: heard. the very distinct sound of someone walking around. Okay. Right, better cut this bit out because uh, <laughs> the only you the person ghost know that's going to listen to this is the only other person who spends time alone in this house.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... um, oh yeah, one thing I want to uh, one thing I definitely want to mention. Um, the guy behind the counter is um, legendary television actor Sam Anderson. What was he in? um, The biggest one is he was uh, one of like the elderly couple in Lost. Oh yeah. Uh, But but he's also like if you look at his uh, TV like his acting credits, there's like 174, and it's like ER, X Files. Like if a TV show has made it past two seasons, he's he's been in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's in a Supernatural. Uh, Yeah. He's done. Yeah he's 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 done, he's one of those things that's like cuz when the, this is one of the things where the episode specifically is calling hmm. for poor performances giving poor dialogue and yet, yet you get somebody who's genuinely fantastic. Yeah <laughs> like he supernatural.
1: I, I remember him being in it. I can't remember if he plays those.
0: Yeah, he's uh, I think he's like a uh, he, when he plays a bad guy in supernatural stuff it's normally a guy in a business suit. I think he gets uh, possessed yeah, I think
1: or, I, I think
0: he's maybe one of the demons' vessel or something, or meets it or whatever. Yeah, no. do you reckon there's any demons in like supernatural who still got like their first one, like oh, I possessed a body in like when the, when I first became a demon in 1604, and like I'm still carrying that around. And then they, because I just want wants them to like cast the demon out, yeah, and like have the person just be like. What what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's like I was um, I was on the galley of a ship. <laughs> well, we know that,
1: we know that Crowley doesn't because Crowley makes reference to the fact that he is uh, a New York accountant.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I don't know, man, because um, I, d- I don't really know how that works. Because I, I don't know if it would make them ageless. Because it the the demon yeah. the demon possessing them does make them invincible. Because like Crowley can go to the yeah. of the Mariana Trench and shit like that.
0: Yeah, it makes you it makes you invincible in a sense because like I know angels regularly like heal their vessels so that no damage has come to it, whereas the demons just use demonic power to keep it going even though all the bones are broken. Yeah. So that the person inside is having immense pain, and that's like the crowning thing is like, oh no, the guy I'm is mean, being constantly tortured in immense pain, but he's an accountant from New York, so he deserves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, because then they the the later one of the one of the plot lines later involves Crowley's actual bones.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, his whole plot line is that he sold his soul to get a bigger cock. And then when the hellhounds turned up and took him to hell he was in hell for I think a solid five minutes before he just went, oh okay, I'll join you with torturing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, never, I never get that about like selling your soul in like something <laughs> like Supernatural. Because like You you can literally transition from possessed soul like from like soul in hell to demon. Yeah, that's like so. Just do that. I'll do that on day one.
1: Yeah, it's because from what I understand, you most people in supernatural when they die go to heaven, Mm -hmm. and it's only the people who either made a deal or who were particularly bad that go to hell.
0: Yeah. Um, there's my favourite thing a bit in hell ever is I think there's a bit where the Winchesters have to go there and they go in and uh, there's like just a little take a number thing mm-hmm. and a queue and they just walk past it and the queue just seems to go on for like miles and miles and miles uh-huh. and like they are getting to go what's the queue for and Crowley's like oh that's nothing they've just got to stay in it yeah
1: exactly, yeah <laughs> and when they get to the front they just have to take another number. <laughs> Yeah, we're, oh. we're just uh, we're just hitting season six, so we're just getting onto the storyline of Crowley being the king of hell, which I think is one of the best things the show does in its yeah. entire run.
0: Um, we've just done season. We've literally just had Crossroads demons turn up for the first time, and it's not Crowley, which I think they think would be a missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, looking back on it, but we've also had the episode where Dean categorically tells Sam. That angels don't exist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, like, I mean, like this is the thing. I'm gonna say, like, like if I lived in the world of like Buffy, like there's a lot of talk about like, oh, I've never seen any proof. Like, I think that somebody says in Buffy, I've never seen any proof of a higher power, and I'm like, vampires are scared of crosses because hmm. they burn them and holy what? What the fuck are you talking about? You have like objective proof of the existence of the afterlife and God. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but I, yeah, you can infer it from the existence of hell, but
1: yeah, I kind of get it. I cuz yeah. The the hell the idea of a hell dimension isn't necessarily the Christian it's it's the same it's the same yeah. thing that I have about about ghosts again, one of which I clearly have. Um which is that I I I don't know if I believe in ghosts. Uh I feel, I'm about 90% non-believer on it. 1% F like I, what I did the other night, which is stay up till 3 in the morning, reading the Wikipedia lore and mythology of the Ring movies uh, before <laughs> deciding, now there's the time to go to bed, and having to switch on every light in sequence from my living room to my bedroom, and then getting to the bedroom, realising Laura was asleep, so I couldn't turn on the light, so just having to risk it from the door to the bed. Um, that's the 1%. But I, I I, I, must have spoken about this on the podcast before because I will take any fucking opportunity to talk about what does Mark think ghosts are. Um, right. I, I don't think ghosts have anything to do with the souls of the dead. I think it's more to do with the fact that we don't really understand how time works. Um, and that basically what we're seeing if someone sees a ghost is just a person from another time. Now, you might be like, Well, because it's you know they mean that like an earthquake is created when two parts of tectonic plates touch, so that's what happens when two parts of space touch. But when two parts of time touch, there presumably would be some effect, which I think is a ghost. But then you do have the good question: How come we never see ghosts from the future? Then.
0: Uh, Yeah, and how come we never see ghost dinosaurs? But there's there's I personally have the theory. Uh, that, like, I, I'm with you, I'm 99% certain ghosts don't exist, but I have that 1%, and there's, what I, I have this theory, and it's utter nonsense, but it's what, what I figure could be happening if ghosts were real, is what if the Earth is, inside the, the in the Earth's orbit, roughly going around the sun at the same sort of time, is some sort of cloud of something we don't understand, and at points when it's drifted over the Earth... Uh, like it doesn't make connection, like because there's a lot of particles like dark matter and stuff we don't know in the universe what it is. So something like drifts through the earth, and at the t- if that happens at the time that you die, something happens that just leaves an imprint, and then the next time that cloud drifts back over the earth, the imprint appears again, like dusting like fingerprints. Yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of my like because there's some things like when when people go. Like, they, but like we didn't know X rays existed for fucking years, like for forever. Yeah. It doesn't mean they weren't there. So I don't think that, like, if some if somebody proved the existence of ghosts, I'd be fully on board with like, okay, now I need to know how. But yeah. equally, I also accept that every ghost hunting show ever, um, what they're detecting is a combination of two things, and one is the production team aboard, so they go into like other rooms and bang on pipes, and also, if I was like. Fifteen years old, and I found out that they were filming an episode of Ghost Adventures at like a haunted house in my town. I would totally spend the night <laughs> nearby fucking with them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but have we have we touched on everything in this episode?
1: Yeah. I I, I yeah. think it was a perfectly fine little episode of Star Trek. Um,
0: yeah, I like that there's not an explanation as well. There's just like there's like some sort of alien did this. Yeah. It's it's one of those weird Star Trek things that's beyond our understanding. Yep. There's a strange new world. Yep. And a new uh, life and a yeah. new
1: civilization.
0: Transition. So we we'll, yeah.
1: basically what we'll do is we'll put a buoy next to this. A science team will come in and uh hopefully hopefully they'll have it solved by next week, eh? <laughs> now, excuse me, I'm going back to my ready room to finish that book. Because uh, even though
0: it's shit, I did get quite engrossed by it. <laughs> I want to see what happens with Mickey D. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, a,
1: yeah, I want to know if there's a sequel.
0: But there is, there does, this does upset... Royale. <laughs> it does It does up the idea, though, that if this is a threat in space, do we need to make sure that we always have on hand... <laughs> like a book we'd actually want to live in. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I don't know what book that is. Uh. Uh. course. Uh, Neverwhere? No, that's deadly. Yeah. Uh. Not
1: De- uh, Discworld. Because we're kind of laughing. I mean, oftentimes we're. we're most of the time we're laughing with death, death world, but we're very much laughing at <laughs> Discworld just as often. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh no, man, just uh, not. I, uh, yeah, because Harry Potter is a bit dangerous, isn't it? Because yeah, it's like
0: mm. well, you would be
1: magic. So yeah, you'd get to live in just a regular earth, but you never know when a wizard Hitler's going to come along and fuck shit up.
0: Yeah, yeah, and also there's you know there's certain certain minority groups are not getting the best fucking deal. Uh, Let's, <laughs> 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 uh, I I don't know, maybe uh, like because the thing is, all of my favourite like. Works of fiction would be terrible to live in because I'm looking at the shelf next to me going, can't take a Batman comic. I don't want to be a regular fucker in Gotham. Yeah. Uh, Superman comic I might be all right with. Your average, I tell you, I tell you actually, what's the best one? The Flash. I reckon the average person in Central City crime rates. The Flash probably has like normal crime down to like zero. yeah <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't
1: even. I I don't. Ha, I, I, I don't have any books uh, in this room. They're all they're all in a a bookcase out in the out in the hallway. But uh, I have the Clerks X DVD.
0: <laughs> oh, actually, I'll tell you what I've got. I'll just i just take make sure I take the 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 DM's guide with me into space. because cause even if I'm just a normal person, there's a leveling system. I can become a wizard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the
1: way, I think that that Dungeons and Dragons movie looks like a lot of fun. Um, oh yeah, I think they've, they'd, they'd they've very nailed much the it. correct decision, which is to go not to go very poor faced with it, but to do what would the Dungeons Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, fucking Dungeons. campaign look like if it was played by four comedians?
0: Yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I've seen it described like there was a thing like on the trailer. And one of the comments was like somebody going like, oh, imagine the Dungeons and Dragons community. Like I don't play, but I imagine they're going to be really upset seeing something that they love and treat so seriously uh, <laughs> like, be tackled like this. And all the replies to it are people going, this is exactly what playing Dungeons and Dragons is like. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually, I think
1: my WhatsApp group are now like, should we give this a shot? That seems like a lot of fun. And I'm like, yeah, my character is called Simon the Blinder. Because his, his, his solution to every problem is literally to try and blind it first
0: and like the bit where they're like we need a we need a plan where are we going to come up with it at the tavern it's like that's where you come up with plans in d d <laughs> yeah exactly like, yeah. R- round of drinks for the table because everybody at the table is drinking <laughs> uh, and, <he's, laughs> and like, I, I come up with plans and then if the plans fail and apparently they've confirmed they've confirmed in uh, Comic Con that there will be cameos uh, brief cameo appearances from characters that are based on the 1980s Dungeons and Dragons cartoon oh fun uh, and apparently, uh, apparently, uh, critical role as well. Nice. Uh, yeah, because I think that they were like, "Well, yeah, we can only be, like thank you, critical role, for mainstreaming this yeah. enough that we I can." Dan
1: Harmon, I'll be honest.
0: <laughs> I want, I want Matt Mercer as a tavern keep, <laughs> uh, like doing doing the most outrageous accent you yes. can. <laughs> but yeah, I'm watching the trailer and be like, "There's an Albert." There's a displacer beast. There's a gelatinous cube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: can't wait. Uh, yeah. Anyway, have we,
0: I think we've solved this problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, good episode of Star Trek. Give it a watch. You'll probably enjoy it. it. Yeah, go for it. Anyway, well, All right. see you. Bye. 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 The Captain Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neil and Eddie is at EdEdwardsComedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at CaptainSlog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash CaptainSlog.